Remember us? It's the A to Z podcast. I'm Zach Jackson. He's Andre Knott. At Akron Jackson, at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. At A to Z podcast.com. At Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast. Shouts as always to Scene, to the Honeymoon Girl, to American Fireworks there in Hudson. Uh, near 480, near the Turnpike. They're always open at AmericanFireworks.com. Yes, it is still fireworks season, Dre. I know they took care of both of us uh, around July oh, 4th. Yeah. Right around July 4th is the last time we did a podcast. We've both been on actual vacations. We've been busy working on some other things. Thanks, you guys, for sticking with us. Um, I'm two days from going back to work, Dre. I'm fresh. I'm ready. I feel good. It's a, it's a season. Um, you know, you a ready, long time ready? in the making. It's always good for my liver and my wallet when it is time to go back to work, even if you expect the Browns to not be any good. But I, I got to say, um, with the exception of one, uh, you know, random injury that I suffered and not on the golf course, like I've really felt better, better. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I think uh, I think most people feel the way you do. And I think it's funny um, that how you are, how you're going into training camp. And I'm going to take a little bit of my mic out just in case so I don't go too loud. Look at this. We're actually kind of being professional-ish <laughs> um, with this. I don't know why, but I figure I might as well. You don't even like, know us anymore, guys. Yeah. They're like, well, I've been on this microphone enough. I, I get a pretty good idea when I may be too loud. No, I think it's um, – I know that there's all this excitement, as it should be, for training camp. But I know that when you're in the role that you're in um, – the excitement's a little different and it comes about a little bit like crazy because you're excited because you're going to do a season, hopefully like no other. Um, but it's not the excitement. of I'm just going to go to training camp and get to hang out with my guys and have a couple beers and see, um, you know, J okay. Well, I guess you won't see him uh, right away, but you, like there's just a different mindset you have to go in when you're the guy that has to actually do the reporting. Yeah. Um, it's different because you know, it's not fully open. There's only 12 days out in Berea and the crowd is about half the normal capacity, you know, um, we're waiting to log on to this and I'm looking up COVID testing locations and all of that stuff. And, and like you mentioned, JOK, I mean, there, he could be cleared um, by the time a lot of people listen to this or this could linger. And, you know, just knowing what's going on um, in other sports at the major AAU tournament last weekend, like when you're bringing people from all over the country, there's probably going to be positive tests. Right. And we yeah. know what the NFL has done, the stringent rules it's laid down, and it's not going to back away from. Um, a lot of players have said we're good with that. A handful of players have said we're not. So, you know, I hate that part of it, Dre, but it's it's the world that we're living in. Yeah. The NFL is doing what it has to do to protect its billion-dollar business and not lose the money it lost last year, right? And um, yeah. we'll see. So, you know, if you're a Browns fan, you're obviously hoping – that these are guys that get cleared in two or five or, or at the max 10 days. It's not a breakout. It's nothing that lingers. And that the team gets to work. I mean, I, I think this team is both better and much more mature and well-run than the one two years ago when there was all this excitement and all this expectation going around. Now, that doesn't mean anything. They're zero and zero, right? And in, in, in training camp, man, um, you fight your own battles, right? Like all the time. Last year they were starting from scratch. Well, they're finally not, but they lost those three DBs in like a three day span and stuff went off the rails, you know? So you never know what it brings, but like two days of vacation for me is enough. Frankly, I was on one for about nine. Um, I'm ready to go. Uh, I've covered so many teams with low expectations and glaring weaknesses that I'm really excited to cover one with high expectations and, you know, a limited number of out outside weaknesses or, or things you'd really point to. I mean, look, you know, if this is Miles Garrett's year and Nick Chubb's year and, and Baker Mayfield's year, um, you're bringing back your whole offense, your whole offensive line. Like 
there's there's no way to run from this and, and you shouldn't like it should well, be welcome high standards beat the hell out of the alternative high expectations absolutely. beat the hell out of the alternative and the browns should be good so you know if you guys are already buying super bowl tickets or playing in parades that's fine i, I don't know how that will all go but i i do think that on many fronts the browns are as good as they've been in a long long time and that they seem to be you know before anything starts right they seem to be set for for a real sustained run uh, at some success. Yes, two things I'll remind everyone. The NFL stands for not for long, so enjoy the moments and the times where you're at. The other thing I would say is when you are a good team that has expectations that are beyond uh, being preseason, you know, the juggernauts, um, training camp should be boring. Yes. Um, and I say that in a way of we've had so many training camps where, you know, the biggest stories were, you know, Will Braylon be back to start the camp? Will this guy show up? Will this guy sign his contract? Uh, will so-and-so come back from, you know, career-ending injury-type injuries? If the Browns are where we think they are, and after all this talk over the offseason that we've all gone through, and most of the superlatives that have been given to them are warranted, and, and they deserve. Um, but if that's the case, and this team is who we want them to be and who we think they are, training camp should be boring. Um Training camp should be rather, you know, hum, you know, and I mean that in a good way. Maybe you get a contract signing here or there. I know that um, from Zach's point of view, he's had to write a lot of stories about, you know, will you sign this guy or will this guy get signed? But I could even say from a format of, you know, it's not Green Bay trying to figure out if Aaron Rodgers is coming or going. Um, it, you know, and now finding out that Devontae Adams is going to, you know, what his, what, his, what his role will be with that. Um, I think this is something that none of us are really used to. Uh, let's be completely honest. I think this is going to be one of those training camps. And if you do it right, and if Stefanski is who I think that he is, um, this type of training camp should be the type of training camps you get for the next four or five years, hopefully. Yeah, right. Like, you know, the first day they put on pads, right, or the the first day that you really get after it and the young guys start to emerge, that's a big deal. Um, obviously, when Odell gets to cut it loose – or, you know, when they come out and say, hey, Odell's going to have a full day, followed by a half day, followed by a day off. And I'm just making that up. I don't know that, right? Um, right. I, I'd be shocked if he's, although he's such a physical freak, you don't know, but I'd be shocked if he's let loose right away. Like, that's newsworthy. But you're right. You want a standard camp. And, and of course, you want, you know, when the Giants come to practice those two days, you want to see the Browns competing and executing and getting the better of some of those battles. But, like, how many times have we had Browns teams where the highlight is that summer scrimmage against right. the other team, right? Right. Like, you know, and, and honestly, we've seen it, and I've been guilty of it. Like, there's a lot of times, guys, that Baker is just not a practice quarterback, right? Well, guess what right. Baker's got? A really good supporting cast, a really good head coach, and a system that fits him. And sometimes part of being that good coach is making him run the uncomfortable plays in practice, knowing that Stefanski is going to let him run the good plays when the games start. <laughs> right? So, like, right. Um, and, well, and with the me... defense, too, we would all love to know, you know, how they're going to line people up and what they're going to do. I would assume Clowney's going to be on a pitch count. I certainly wouldn't practice Miles Garrett one more minute than he needed to. And, and you're not really going to get a feel for the JOKs, the John Johnsons, the Troy Hills, you know, all these guys that, that on paper and on Twitter give you these matchup things and, and this versatility that you didn't have before, you're just not going to know. You Do know, and if Grant Delpit needs an extra day off because right. he's 
11 well, months off Achilles, then you give it to him, right? And so, I, yeah. yeah. Um, do me a favor. Let me stop. Let me stop. I just need one favor from you. And I know you're just one person and you can't dictate how the rest of the population handles things. Can we get off Joe Woods back? Uh, they gave Joe Woods like fat Zach and fat Andre last year. And now everybody's <laughs> putting him on the clock of, well, if the Browns aren't good this year, it's Joe Wood. Don't do that. That's, that's, that's Brown's Twitter and that's Brown's media circa 2008. That's not this situation. That guy is a high quality quote coach, a coach that will have a job five minutes after he's left, let go or fired by the Browns. I, I, that's not, that's not a winning pedigree. The defense isn't going to be perfect on opening day. Pat Mahomes is going to find opening guy, open guys. The guy, now, if, if, I just don't understand how people make out the problems the Browns had last year on Joe Woods. And I hear, he, well, he's a guy that's got to be on the hot seat. That's, that's, no. If you think you're a winning team, if you think you're on the verge, as most do, like the New England Patriots don't go into, in their heyday, they don't go into training camp with, this coach is on, his head's on the line. Um, I just don't think that's the way to go about it. And I think Joe Woods is a pretty, and, and knowing Joe Woods' pedigree and what he did before he came here, and watching the defenses and how they played, when he's had players, his defenses have balled. He didn't have players last year. Right. I don't even want to say 23's name, but Zendejo, I'm going to say it. I mean, that guy had no business being out on a first-team defense. None. In, he had none. In, in, in a college correct. team. Right. So for people to – and I get it. There's not – look, I understand the grading format in Cleveland, Ohio right now. The grading format in Cleveland and any Browns fan is – um, you you know, cut and release, right? Like if, if it doesn't work, you cut them, you release them, you get them away from like the black plague. If you're going to change and have this positive mindset and, and do Super Bowl chance five seconds in a training camp, um, have Super Bowl thought process upon the whole 46, the whole 52, 53, and the whole coaching staff. Because Joe Woods, regardless of how you think about it, he kept you in games and didn't let other teams score 55 last year like they should have. Yeah, um, and I, I think that comes down to like, something we don't talk about we talk about the continuity that they haven't had right and that's absolutely malpractice in handling baker mayfield the way they've done it correct yeah. said it said it a hundred times yeah. but when we talk about the continuity drag we think about baker jc treader stefanski alex van pelt and being able to pick up on where they left off right and attack certain weaknesses and add little wrinkles to plays that you already know work right but i think it goes deeper than that i think it goes into the thinking of Joe Woods and Stefanski and Andrew Barry have worked together before. So now, what are our expectations, right? When do we back off? When do we go on the gas? You know, when when do we need to see a defense that's really swarming and efficient and really confident in 100% of what it's doing? Well, you might give up a bunch of points week one. You might win week one. Who really cares, right? Like, you need to see that in October. You need to know that you need that needs to transfer from the practice field to really light live situations, preseason game or not, right? To real games to do it. That's the thing about football. You have to do it in real games to do it. You, you can't simulate it anywhere else. So just, right, knowing your talent, knowing what you want to do, and then meeting in the middle of what realistically you can do, how your philosophies mesh. Like one, one thing I'm fascinated by too, and, and I'll write about this, like when you do have to cut guys in camp or when you do have to go get an emergency guy because – say four linebackers are out with hammies on a certain day, right? Like that process should be so much better because the position coaches, the personnel folks that work under Andrew Barry that you don't necessarily know their names, 
they should all be so much more coordinated, right? And when it comes to the bottom of that roster, they should know exactly who they think is a project worth keeping around or who's just a camp body, right? Who really think could give them 10 or 15 snaps in a pinch, even though he's not a starter or where we really need to beat the bushes and find somebody because we're not sure the ones we got are worth a darn. And until you get in your own system and get comfortable with your own communication and what you are and how you want to play, ideally, it's really hard to do that. That's what we've been saying for years. Why do the Ravens and Steelers pick better players in the fourth and sixth round than the Browns pick in the first? Well, one, the Browns were run by idiots for a long, long time, (laughs) but because their systems they yeah. know what they're drafting, so they don't concentrate on what a guy isn't, right? They what see what is. a guy is. They keep the continuity. They give that guy more than three months to prove himself, and later on down the road, they reap the rewards. I'll give you two. I'll give you one great example, then I'm going to talk to you about Odell, and then we can talk some hoops or baseball and, and name changes, uh, or however it works. Melvin Ingram. I'm glad you brought that up. And it's, it's, not a, it's a sidebar. Um, he's just signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers, outside linebacker, formerly of the San Diego L.A. Chargers. Um, three, four outside linebacker. From the outside looking in, as soon as I saw his name in the Steelers, I was like, hmm, perfect match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, to go off of what you're saying. You know, like, and then I read a quote from uh, Mike Tomlin, and Mike Tomlin says, um, you know, he has Steeler pedigree. He goes, we wanted him out of college. We, you know, we watched him out of college. We watched him when he played, you know, uh, for San Diego. He fits our, our type. And I love that, my, that 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 was then they knew it, you know, and then the players have already said, oh, yep, he's one of us. And from the outside looking in, we know that when the Baltimore Ravens selected the running back out of Ohio State a couple years ago, mm-hmm. uh, his name's J.K. Right Dobbins. Now, yeah, J.K. Dobbins. Like you and I were able to, it was that like we weren't even in the same room or in the same state, but we both <laughs> shook our heads like, yep, that's that that fits what the Ravens do. To me, that's what what Zach is speaking of, is that you're getting to the point now, and that goes back to the Joe Woods thing, and I'm glad you said it. Before you run him out of town, let's find out what his system is and what the Browns system is and what players fit that system. Just imagine if they can put an offensive system together and a defensive system together, I don't know, for a handful of years. I mean, I'm not going to say you're going to be Pittsburgh and Baltimore instantly, but there is a difference in how you can run your team and how you can stay successful for a long time when your systems are in place. That's right. And I think that's what Zach is getting at. And that's what I'm saying about Joe Woods, rather than bitch about what he had to deal with in 2020. Let's see if they can make this speed thing work. Will this speed thing work against the Steelers? If the Steelers decide to go back to being a running football team with those four or five wide receivers, I doubt it. You're going to need that speed regardless. So patience is key. Um, I know they start off against Kansas City. Uh, you can't get too high or too low before October. I know all these things are going to be very difficult. Enjoy the process. But guess what I would say? But don't be the stupid guy on Twitter, uh, you know, or, or burning T-shirts and, and burning players and tweeting at players. Enjoy this. This is so much better than what you've had for the last 21 years. And so if anybody knows, And if anybody knows, it's the two people you're talking to. One, because that's all I've been researching over the last three months is the hell we've been through over the last 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) So please enjoy this, because I'm going to give you some podcasts over the next couple of months that's going to make people realize how good we have it today. Yeah, and and listen, like, there's going to be bumps in the road, right? Like, they're starting a program, and, and last year was great, and last year ended bitterly because you had chances to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, right? You had chances. You went from the bottom for so long to 
lamenting three or four plays that cost you a chance to play in the AFC Championship game, right? Um, the line is going to be fine moving forward, right? And there's no guarantee that you're going to get back and anything can happen with injuries in this league. And, you know, when you start making these investments, they're going to start making you pick the wrong guy and it can snowball you, you know, the, the one way in a hurry. But, like, if you really believe in these guys, and I think most people do, I'm talking about Barry and Stefanski more than anyone else. They're not infallible. They're not perfect, but they're pretty good. And if they're going to share a level-headedness, a vision, all of that stuff should only grow with improved time and chemistry. And they could see their way through, you know, some of these big decisions. And, you know, you're, you're like I said, you're going to miss. Um, and, and who knows what's going to happen with John Johnson and this apparent reluctance to get the vaccine. You know, who knows what's going to happen if you lose any of these corners or any of these defensive linemen. I mean, I, I think they're one injury away on the defensive line from a, being a fucking disaster, quite frankly. Um, you know, that being said, when you got Miles and you got Denzel, it's a pretty good start for any defense, and we'll see. And if yeah. my, it's impossible to set fair expectations for Miles Garrett, folks. He is that talented, right? So, okay, stop right there. Stop right there. Totally agree. Can you say the same thing? I, I want to have a real conversation about Odell, a real adult conversation about Odell off of that. You went out and saw him yesterday. I read your article. I've read all the other articles. Um, I want a clean slate with Odell. How do we do that, Zach? I think you understand that Odell has a clean slate, and he does. Yes. Um, yes. He didn't go away on his own volition, right? Um, and quite frankly, for all the bad rap that he gets and all the maintenance he either is or might be, the guy tore his ACL on a underthrown pass and tried to chase down the guy that intercepted the the ball. Right, <laughs> right. Thank um, so Odell knows, and like I, I've I've written this in in my own stuff. Like July proclamations in the NFL usually turn out to be stupid, mm-hmm. and a lot of now or nevers turn out to be silly too. But Drew, the guy makes sixteen million dollars, is separated five years now from the really huge season that mm-hmm. made him what he is. And he has zero guaranteed money on the rest of his contract. The Browns right. could trade him or cut him after this season for zero. Well, let's be, yeah, and just start right, stop right there. And because of that, and because of the Brown situation, he could have a above average year, and that could happen just because of how money how money works in football and, and the talent that this team has and the guys they have to pay for. Um, I I just want the expectations because you just said something. His last great year was five years ago. The catch of all catches was almost a decade ago. Um, is he ultra talented? Absolutely. But with the the guys, I almost like him more today than I liked him three years ago or when they first got him. And I and I, and I know that's weird to say. He played hurt in 19, and, the team, and he just didn't fit. I agree with his terms of saying that everything takes time, and the offense would have taken off last year with or without him getting hurt. You said it perfectly, and, dude, he got hurt, and he tried to chase a guy. It wasn't his fault. It was a bad throw. Quarterback's timing was not good before he got hurt. Now I know everybody wants to parallel, you know, you know, well, well, that was the problem trying to get it to Odell. I think there's multi facets to that, but I want to say this: he may only catch 75 passes, 965 yards, and 10 touchdowns, and that would be a great year yeah. if everybody else in the offense. Yeah, I mean, does. we're talking you know to him I mean? yesterday. Like, we only got five minutes, game. but but like he comes out. No one said. Boy, Odell, um, tell us how depressed you must have been watching the Kansas City game. He came out and said, you know, I was watching and I was rooting for those guys, and it hurt me so bad, specifically in the Kansas City game, to know that I could have made one play. Right? I could have stretched that defense one time and made one play and sustained that drive. 
right? And whether he was saying I wouldn't have fumbled even if I got hit in the head or he was saying that Tyron Matthew would have had to play at a completely different angle because I was out there. Maybe both, maybe both make sense, right? Like, that is the thing. Like, this team has so many weapons. Um, they were going to score 40 on the Bengals last September on Thursday night regardless. That, that was yeah. a bad Bengals defense. But, like, the Dallas game, for example, they chose to kind of play through Odell, right? And right. it doesn't have to be every week. I mean, they're going to play through Nick Chubb. They're going to open up things in that passing game even more so than last year because the coach and the quarterback are on the same page and because the, the quarterback is so much more confident with what he's been asked to do and what he knows he's going to see. But, I mean, to have that guy in your back pocket and know that every third game he could go six for 120, right, or know that when you need that big play, it doesn't necessarily have to be laborious because he could stretch it just like that. And it doesn't have to be in September either, right? Like, he can find his legs. Like, again, yeah, for Odell Beckham to help the Browns reach these lofty goals, I agree with you, it doesn't have to be 1,500 yards. But, like, three or four games that he can make that play that nobody else can. Then that's that, what he is now. I think you just said it perfectly. Right. That's what Odell is. You don't expect to really, you don't expect anybody to have unbelievable numbers if this is done right. And the one thing I took from Stefanski last year was he's not out to win rushing titles and, and passing sure. titles right. and, and receiving titles. And let, let me say yeah. this too, like for, you know, no, no one puts all the blame on Baker 19, right? Like it, or, or Odell, it, it was, it was just a shit show and, and it went off the rails gradually. And then I think the miles thing was the last straw. Right. Um, but in general here, I, I lost my train of thought here. What I'm saying is like Baker can just play within himself and me and you have said it. Of course, there's times you force the ball to Odell because why wouldn't you? Right? Like, if it looks bad, if it doesn't work, and this is Freddie Kitchens or not, okay. You, you, why were you doing that? But like, me and you sitting up, you're drawing up a game plan, right? Like, wouldn't you want the ball in 13 cents? Wouldn't that make sense? Be a, be a yeah. pretty good way to challenge the defense? Yeah, but I yeah. think... For, and so I some, think so what I'm saying is, sometimes it doesn't work. And if there's times that he's broken off his route or the quarterback has overlooked an open guy to try to get him that, okay, those go down as mistakes, and some are more costly than others. But, like, if you're going to make... If you're going to list 10 ways that quarterback could make a mistake, a lot of times that's not the worst one. No. No, not at all. Well, and the other thing is, I think for Stefanski, you call the plays differently. Before they established who they were offensively um, last year, I, I made sense. Go to 13. 13 can get things going. Well, I think now they know that you there's certain running. You know your favorite running play. You know, this is something that we always went back to, that we always talked about, and we can stop football after this. One of the conversations I, I love that all, you and I always had that was when you would go to training camp and you'd be learning your offense, what's your bread? And I would always say to people that would tell me, oh, the Browns are going to be this record this year. And I would be like, well, what are they going to do on third and six? And what defense are they going to call on third and five? And people will look at me like I'm crazy. And they're like, well, why? Why does that matter? And I would say, because when Baltimore and Pittsburgh go to camp, Joe Hayden knows what defense they're going to run on third and five, right? On third and seven, he knows what blitz they're going to use. And he's teaching the younger guys on that team right now, on third and six, this is the blitz we're going to get. And as a safety, you're going to give this look. And I'm going to give you this look when really we're in cover two or we're in cover three. I'm going to show man until – now all that sounds crazy. But the Browns now tomorrow – this week can go into camp and on offense, whether Odell's running with them or not, they can say on third and seven wood, you're going to be in the slot. You know, Landry, you're going to come across here. And if we get this look, I'm going to break off my route and do this. 
I'm going to break. And that's where you can break off routes. And that's where you can, you can kind of freelance and it works because everybody understands what each other is doing. That is the fun part for me. That's what great teams do um, because they know who they are. They know what they do best. And Stefanski knows that. So now you don't have to start the game and eight plays in and look at your sheet and say, oh, shit, we haven't thrown the ball to Odell yet. You don't have to do that anymore. They know now how to get everyone involved. I'm, I can't wait for it. I really can't. I agree. Um, I agree. Me, and listen, like, one more yeah. caveat on that. Like, we've seen it here, and there's a lot of places where we're saying, okay, we got this and we got this. Like, how do we really get to that next step? Well, Browns have first world problems. Let's make sure we get everybody involved. Right? Yeah. Like, no, no. one thing in training camp I want to do is keep Kareem Hunt, like, on the sidelines some days because I don't want him hurting my DBs. Well, not only that, I want him healthy for as many games yeah, as possible. Right, right. And, and like this dude you know, only knows one speed. And, and and I'm not going to say that Kareem Hunt has no shake because that would be a lie. But Kareem Hunt prefers to try to tattoo you before you tattoo him. Right. So like I want Kareem. I can't make the club in the tub is the ultimate adage. Right. But I want Kareem Hunt in the tub a lot more than I want him in a full ass practice in August. Yeah, I think both of your running backs and that and running backs a different type of position. We can see the backup, backup, backup running backs most in camp. You have two dynamic guys that don't need, like you said, the, the extra hits. I mean, your boy last year tried to take off Chubb's head in the first practice game and it ruined the rest of his year. Yeah. Don't like guys like don't tell me that the starters need to play in the preseason. <laughs> they no. don't. They don't. All right. Let yeah. me ask you this and then we can go to other sports because um, there's other things that we got to get to. Okay. Uh, Two things. First thing, I got to read you this tweet that just popped up in my in front of me. Four-star wide receiver Antonio Gates Jr. What? has committed to play at Michigan State. He's Michigan State's highest-ranking commit for 2022, the second highest in Mel Tucker era. Damn, we are old. We are. Antonio. <laughs> wow. Um, nah, I, I mean, this is part of everything. Have we nah, – I don't want to say it that way. Just everything about COVID in the NFL. I commend them. I know everybody doesn't like it. Everybody has their their stance that they want to have right now. And most of them are stupid. Um, I want this pandemic over just as quickly as everybody else does, but it's not over. And the NBA is kind of putting their money where their mouth is and basically saying, look, you can like our roles or not. But And like somebody, and I don't want to use, I don't want to go the wrong way with this. I want to use a name and not, and not like blah. I was going to say Kaepernick. Because Kaepernick, to me, is the easiest one to say, this is our league. You, you, you know, we, you can have your rights, but we're, our league is going to run our league the way our league wants to run. And if you can't play along the way we want you to play along, and it's different. It's so different. And I don't want to – I don't want to um, – but it happens all the time. Player gets in a bad situation. Player puts himself in a bad situation. NFL don't need him anymore. And it came out today that it's close to like 85 to 90% of players are vaccinated. Um, it's, I just read that somewhere before we started. But – all of the noise made out of from Buffalo's wide receiver and guys that don't play anymore and guys that already have made their Twitter handles, um, um, <laughs> QAnon. Uh, like, is that just one of those big stories that's going to go away? I get where the NFL's at. This is about money, man. They, they, like, if a game's canceled, yes. yeah, damn right, we're it's going to be a problem. We don't have time yeah, to do no. That um, this is about the NFL protecting their billions, right? And listen, even if we wanted to argue about it, it, it would not either sway some people or we would not have the right answer because the, there are a lot of this stuff, even a year and a half injury, there aren't full right answers to, right? Like, how do you do it? Um, I would just say this. 
I'm not surprised that the NFL has taken this stance. I don't expect it to change. You guys can say you're not watching the games all you want. They've heard that before, and they know you're lying. But the second thing is, did you, speaking of the Buffalo wide receiver, and he's been the most visible on this, did you see what George Foster called him on Twitter? No, I love George Foster. What what did he call him? He called Cole Beasley Les Welker. I mean, maybe five times in Twitter history have I cackled out loud, but I I fucking did when I saw that. Les Welker, I mean, he's calling he was calling the baby. You guys can go look up the tweet, but it said something like, "Oh, here comes Les Welker giving us his two cents again." <laughs> well, and I like that dude. I like him as a player, as a guy. Shut up! Like enough. If if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Nobody's forcing you to play in the NFL. Like, and that's the, and that's the thing. And I keep like, if you don't want to get vaccinated and that's, and you're totally against it and you can't believe they're making you do that. Right. Then walk away. Go get a job. Right, yeah. one, one more A to Z lecture while we're, while we're all fresh and in yeah. a good mood guys, before the next time you go any, any, any format in a bar conversation and talking to your friends at work on Twitter, before you start saying Aaron Rodgers ain't going to play this year and DeAndre Hopkins says walk away. The next fucking guy that walks away from 10 or 30 or 40 or even $1 million will be the first. So think preach. about what you're saying. Preach. Think about preach, what you're saying. Preach, preach, <laughs> you, you, That's all we got to say on that. Yes. Step with all that dumb talk. All right, I got to bring up something. I got a couple other things I got to bring up to you. Um, NBA, well, let's just do this. Um, on Friday... Did I have a pretty good idea that the Indians names was changing? Sure. Um, did I think Guardians was going to be the name? And if I thought it was going to be the name for a while, yes. Um, do I love it? I don't I don't care. I didn't love the Indians name. I don't love the Cavs name. I don't love the Browns name. No nickname for a team gets my, my uh, I almost said something disgusting. No nickname of a team gets me going is all I'll say. I don't care what you call teams. Just don't be racist. <laughs> like, it just don't hurt people's feelings when you say it. That doesn't get me to go to a ballpark, or go to a football field. It could be the Cleveland. It could be the Cleveland Dogs. And I'm going to tell you something. The part of the podcast we're doing for Brownstown, and I don't know if I said this the last time we did the podcast or not, but I was talking to Phil Savage, and it's a quote, and I don't want to give away a lot of, from Brownstown. Um, and I know the Cleveland Browns name and colors mean a lot to us in Cleveland. And Phil Dawson and Phil Savage were great in talking. You'll hear it on the podcast about it was awesome that Browns fans got the Browns back. But it made it so much more difficult to make things work early on because everybody thought that when they saw Cleveland Browns, they were going to get the Cleveland Browns that left. And it wasn't. It was an expansion team. Mm-hmm. Phil Dawson went out of his way to say the Houston Texans and Cleveland Browns have been two of the toughest expansion teams to ever deal with because their fans and the people within the building were expecting to have the teams that left and they weren't there. Yeah. And their points were – and the point that both of them kind of made is as silly and as stupid as it sounds – the change of a nickname can change the mindset mindset of so many people. And the Browns have gone through hell trying to catch up with being a team that they no longer are or can be. So in saying that, um, my, my son has been on a kick recently of hitting baseballs and wiffle balls. It's to the point that he's pissed his mom off, which I like, and he's broke a bunch of wiffle balls with metal bats, and I've had to take all the metal bats away from him. And he's gone with the wiffle balls. And now he's got wiffle ball bats. And he didn't like them at first, but now that he's kind of figured out how to hit, he's enjoying those. So every morning, like no matter what time I get home from work or whatever else, dad, pitch, dad, go out to pitch to me. Go out to pitch to me. I'm like, okay. So Friday morning, knowing what was getting ready to happen, he was actually, it was like, not, I didn't get home till late. And it was like 9 15 in the morning. And he's like, dad, you ready to go pitch? Breakfast is over. And I'm like, damn, I'm, I'm dying. But I'm okay, let's go out. So as it became official, 
and Tom Hanks put his Hankisms on it. Um, I kind of looked at my phone and as we were picking up the balls after a round of hitting, and I said, hey, man, the Indians are going to be the Guardians now. And AJ, in his little voice, looked around and like kind of squinted his eyes and was like, Guardians? And I was like, yeah, Guardians. And he kind of shook his head, and he was just like, so does that mean you have to move or something? And I was like, no, they're, they're going to be here. He goes, well, what color is the hat it's going to be? And I told him, he was like, well, can I still go to the game on Sunday? Oh, yeah. And he goes, can you get me a hat when they change them? I go, yeah. I go, sure. And he was like, Guardians? And I go, yeah. And he goes, all right, Dad, pitch. (laughs) (laughs) But I tell that story because in that moment in time, Zach, um, I ignored a lot of people. I I got texts from people that I haven't talked to in in decades. Um, I'm not like I'm having a conversation with you, but I'm really not having it with anybody else because I don't care. And I'm so sick of people with their opinions of just like what they went through in their life. Okay. That's fine. Um, but right. change isn't always bad. Change, change. I know change is weird at first, but does it really matter? You're still good. I mean, I still call progressive field Jacobs field. I wear shirts that say Jacobs field. Me too. It's not derogatory towards anybody else. It's just what it is. It's what it's always been. Yeah. Well, Jacobs field is still going to be there. And you know, and like, and it doesn't change what happened in 2016. It doesn't change what happened in 2001. It doesn't change what happened in 95. Um, those things still exist. The jerseys you've had in the past still exist. But when my six-year-old, almost seven-year-old son looked at me and was like, all right, the games are still going to be there and I, and I can get a new hat, to me, he said it all I needed to hear. I, I, I can't go along with the fights, and I don't understand people that, that want to fight. Yeah, I mean, listen, you don't have to like it. <clears throat> it's not something I want to talk about either. So um, let me tell you this. It's over now. I'm happy for Giannis. Uh, we went through this stretch, Dre, where we had – you know, I thought a really good NBA Finals. I, I, I watched. I wasn't heavily invested in it, um, but I did watch every minute, except for the one game on the day we drove home from vacation. I watched every minute. You know, I would have been happy for Chris Paul, right? And they were great in those first two games, and then the Suns or, or the Bucks, excuse me, as they did all playoffs long. You know, showed some mental toughness. Um, showed what a freak Giannis is. Some guys on the on the nights the guys made shots around him, they were pretty good. Uh, getting Drew Holiday, obviously, to me, is the move that brought them a championship, right? Yeah. Um, credit Giannis for making his free throws and for not getting down on himself when he missed eight in a row or whatever it was. But, like, as a basketball junkie, we had the Olympics, the TBT, the NBA Finals pretty much all in a small time period. I mean, I have not seen, you know, that many basketball players from that many different places all at the same time since the last time I went to a St. V game. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um <laughs> I thought it was the perfect finals, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kick you out of that game just like LeBron had to kick the dude that was talking <laughs> shit to his son out of the game for that comment. Um, I think that was exactly what the NBA needed. I think it's what the sports world needed. Uh, I thought it was great. Terry Francona and I made we had this conversation about the NBA finals. I love that you saw a team in Milwaukee that are they the perfect team? No, but did they have the perfect year to to win a title? Yes. I wanted the Suns to win. I I love that you brought up the Suns won the first two games. All of us had our mindset that they were going to be the champions. And Giannis and that team from Milwaukee made some changes. They de- Defensively, Drew Holiday was was awesome, awesome, awesome in changing how – I don't know how hurt Chris Paul was, but when you're damn near my age and playing that deep into a season, yeah. I'm sure there's bumps and bruises he didn't even know he had in places that he didn't know he had. Um. I just like how it went, and I think it's time for new blood. And and, and, and to be honest with you, and I'm going to say something else that's weird off of this, I kind of like what's going on in the Olympics last. I stayed up till 2.30 last night watching watching uh, Doncic. I, I, he was awesome. 
He was he, and I know nobody else watched, and it don't even matter. That dude was balling last night. Luca was unbelievable. But well, in a forty was, minute, it's a forty minute game in the Olympics. I mean, I didn't stay up for it, but right, he had forty six points in forty minutes. Dude, he was unbelievable. <laughs> he didn't play forty minutes either. That's the best part. Yeah, he was. He was just. It shows you how great he is. Um, and the game is international now, and the game is international now because of the dream team. And the fundamentals that are played with some guys from that are from that are from foreign lands um, should open up our eyes to our American players and Americanizing the game and what AAU has done to the game. I'm not a hater of the game. I love basketball, but I love it played the right way. And I love watching talented guys play and come together as a team. Saying that, um, Popovich, someone I respect. I feel like we have gotten cocky again about how we put our mm-hmm. teams together. He's got to go. Right. Yeah. Like, yes, he's got to go. And yes. they got to go the process, but the process of putting a team together as well. Nothing matches. Yeah. Them. I have a, I have a thought on that. Um, look, and, and this, this contradicts in some ways things I've said before. And, and I understand basketball enough to know that the FIBA game is different. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, stylistically and what you get away with. USA basketball at the highest level should not be losing. USA basketball at anywhere near the highest level should not be losing, should not be struggling for answers. And I don't care if LeBron's at home, right? And I don't care that other guys just came off this long season. Like, USA basketball should be able to play against anybody in the world. I mean, the fucking Loch Ness Monster could suit up for wherever he's from, right, and have 40, 10, and 10, and USA should still win the game by 15, right? So – even though I know it's about style and fit and you can't get all the guys, Dred, don't tell me that we couldn't just send Trey Young and Zion over there just to catch two of many that we have that nobody else has, and he couldn't roll the ball out there and just win 120 to 118. Okay, yes and no. You know the game well enough to know because – and it goes back to what I was saying. When you roll out the ball for France, no matter if you've got the defensive player of the year, which they do, um, and I'm just using them as an example. Sure. They all come together to do what's right for their team. They don't come in and say, well, I'm the star of, I'm the star of my team and, like, and I need 20 shots. And I'm not saying that our NBA guys are doing that. There is a difference of the pride that these guys take from other countries and playing in their team and feeding whoever is the hot hand. Like when you look at some of the names that are scoring points for some of these other teams, you're like, wow, that's kind of crazy. But these yeah, teams also right. play together every summer. Every summer, these guys play together. Every summer, there is a pride that's played with for these other teams. And I'm not saying there's not pride for the United States. But it's kind of like you said. They just roll the ball Yo, out there. You, like, you right. are 100% right on that. But I have two counters to that. One, if Evan Fournier is really going to score 28, then we should still score more and win the game. <laughs> And two, we should have somebody, chemistry or no chemistry, just showed up yesterday or played together four straight summers that could fucking keep Evan Fournier from scoring 28 points. Evan Fournier, I've watched Evan Fournier score 28 points in an NBA game, though. Right, and I watched Evan Fournier in the playoffs two months ago, and he's a bum. Uh, Nah, anybody playing on that level is not a bum. Don't be that guy. Okay. I know what you're saying. By NBA standards, he's a bum. By NBA standards, he's average, above average. He is. He I mean, Well, let's see what kind of contract he gets this offseason. Yeah. Put it this way. He come to the Cavs, he'd get 15 shots a night. Well, we're talking oh, about real NBA teams. That's here, an NBA right? team. I'm talking, about, in, I'm talking about real teams. No, look. Um, but, see, but, see, but, no, I'm saying this to you. I'm only saying okay, this well, to you and I. No. I'm, but I'm saying something that's because a lot of people that don't know the game like you do will hear that, and they run with that shit, and they just think – and it's like, no, that guy is a quality player. He's he is. better than the top five – the top ten guys on the, the USA team. 
Probably not. No. But if you funnel on offense, and I think kids should pay attention to this. If you funnel on offense towards him and funnel plays that work for him and the other team doesn't defend him or with respect, that's what happens. Yeah, here, here's my, here's my point. Because they just, they're, they're playing him just like you're talking about him. And he shoved it up their ass. Yeah, here's my point. And listen, I, I violated one of our A to Z rules, which is I knew we were going to talk about this. So I thought about some things I wanted to say and instead <laughs> of just getting in, in the flow of the conversation here. Right. Um, USA basketball could develop a system, could do things like make sure that there's college players, make sure that there's even high school players or, or more specifically like like a guy like Keldon Johnson who's on the team that they're using this time to develop those guys, make the program better and give those guys incredible experience, right? And use those skill sets, the incredible athleticism and wingspans that we have that other countries just can't have, right? We can do all those things with a plan and still should be able to romp these teams. I'm just saying I see faults both in the plan and in the execution. And clearly with Popovich, it's not working. So it seems to me it's deeper than that. I you know, I'm familiar with the whole process, the whole system, and obviously I love basketball on every level, so I, I know this going on. I'm not deeply into what all they do and how they got here and why they can't work in whatever he's trying to do, but it's clearly not working, and it's embarrassing, and it's not based off one game or whatever. You know, I think the first night they lost to Nigeria, right? Didn't Nigeria make yeah. just a ton of threes, yeah. and yeah. USA only had half their team or whatever. That's well, basketball. That will happen. But, but yeah, and another thing is, hey, Larry Brown had the same struggles when he had a young LeBron. Look about the, you know what sure. I mean? It's not about talent. If you don't have the right chemistry, it won't work. Remember, no, well, there are stories there about LeBron with- almost getting sent home from USA right. basketball. Right, right. But we still have the firepower. To, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying, and. I guess my point is they're lacking both in the planning and in the execution. So it's time for a reset. And, and this team still might win the gold. If I, I would probably lay 20 bucks on it that they do. I have no idea what the odds are. I mean, they were like exorbitant favorites, like minus 800 before the tournament, even with those preseason losses, I, I'd imagine it shrunk. You know, I haven't looked, um, but like w- this should be something that, that young players want to play in. Right? right, it should be when not necessarily in the qualifying tournaments and the odd years, but when the Olympics roll around, we should have better players going. Our name players should want to go. I know it's a COVID year. I know it's different, but I kind of feel like you look at what's happened, Dre. You have an NCAA tournament without Duke, without Kentucky in this year, right. and then you have right. this. Like it really feels like this is putting our basketball system in a bad light. And I, without going too deep or without calling anybody or any one thing out, it just seems like a real failure at the top of how basketball is structured in, in, in America because we're crowning these kids and crowning yeah. ourselves and they were going and losing to fucking Evan Fournier. We, well, we've been saying that. Quit, leave Evan Fournier alone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They, do another, kill another guy on their team. They, <laughs> you put 28 in, a, in the hole against anybody, I'm giving you some credit. So you just yes. stop. Yes, you're right. You put 28 in regardless. But, and here's the other thing, and we'll leave it at this. You got guys that are flying over from the NBA finals right now. You had guys that weren't. Sure, and, and Holiday I mean, kept you in the game. Right. Yeah. He kept you in the game. I mean, Bradley Bill was supposed to be on the team, and instead he's watching his AAU team this weekend because of COVID. Yeah. There's so many things that come along with it. But you're well, right. When, when I see Kevin Love even one time, like that just tells me there was a hole in the process. Exactly. Right? Like, exactly. There was a huge hole in the process, and a lot goes into it. And, and congrats to the other teams. And, and as you said, I still, and I think most people listening to this, will put 25 to $50 down that they win the gold. Yeah. All I right, would. so um, got about six minutes here. Look, I tell you guys all the time, I don't 
intricately know anyone with the Cavs, or I don't watch the Cavs in 82 games. I watch them in probably 41 games, right? I don't know if I was Kobe Altman exactly what my process would be. I don't know what a fair asking price for Colin Sexton is, right? Um, I know one thing, and like I said, I'm going to couch this proclamation pretty carefully. Jalen Suggs is going to be a really good NBA player. Jalen Suggs might be a really special NBA player, Trey Young type of dude. And I'm just getting it out there on the record, and I'll gladly eat the shit burger because I know a lot of you guys like to do that if I'm wrong. But I just think the Cavs and whoever else passes on him, and we'll see what happens Thursday night because I know there's a lot of talk about it's going to be Mobley or there's all this and all that. I don't know any of that. It's going to be right. I've been gearing into football mode and and end of summer mode. I'm just putting it out there. Let me be right or let me be wrong. That's fine too. I'd be really careful if I was anybody, anybody passing on Jalen Suggs. Uh. (laughs) We'll see. Yeah. I like Kent Cunningham, and I've told we've had that talk too. I, I mean, there are five, four or five players that can that can make it work. I just I can't keep I can't keep drafting guys under six foot four. I can't do it. I can't do it. I get that too, and I've been one of the um, one of the people to really drill the Cavs on the whole M word guard thing. You've, right? been, you've been doing it since they took the five eight guy from Eastern Illinois, Michigan. <laughs> well, I've just as always, I've just been here to help. I'm just saying, <laughs> this cat is really special, and I, I have chuckled at what I've read because remember back in March when I was saying, "Oh my gosh, this kid from USC looks like Chris Bosh." Like his comparison is Chris Bosh, and now people are coming out and saying that. I have not done any research or talked to anyone off the record who knows these guys background wise. I can tell you this. The athletics draft guide is really good. Sam Vicente does an amazing job. And I yesterday was just chilling at the pool, perusing it. I mean, it's always tough, and we've said this a hundred times too. You're drafting children. These guys still have acne, right? These, these guys can barely grow mustaches. I mean, I think I counted it today. Of the top 25 guys on his board, um, only three of them are 21 or over. And, like, of the remaining 21 or 22, like, most of them are 18 or 19. So I get it, and it's a grown man's league, and these kids haven't had normal childhoods for the most part, and that's not getting in any family situation. That's talking about the entitlement, the AAU culture, the crowning of these kids way too early, all the stuff that goes on. I don't know anybody's background in this draft. I don't know what realistically the Cavs can do as far as Ben Simmons. For right now, I'm leaving all that out. I'm saying – the decision for me would be easy, and I'm putting it on the record for a talking point because um, because later in the week we'll do another pod or, or this weekend, and for years we'll know whether this choice was the right one to get the Cavs back on track or not because they're not on track. They're on a bad, bad, bad place, right? I'm just saying anybody who passes on jail and Suggs, I strongly believe, will live to regret it. Stop drafting guys under six foot four. That's all I'm going to say. All right. We um, can have that conversation. We can have that conversation. Um, that's all I'm. I like Suggs. I do. I don't want to be that guy. I like him, Zach. Um, but you got to figure out the logjam of the same type players. I'm not going to sit here and, commit and and clap for a team that continues to get the same players and continues to have the same problems. Right. That is idiotic to me. And I, I'll just leave it at that. And I look. I hope that they come together. I hope that you, this is the time and point. Kobe Altman, look at the history of your job. You ain't gonna be around here much longer. Regardless, whether it's Dan Gilbert making the choices, whether it's his son making the choices, he don't keep people to keep making decisions. So you might as well go balls out. 
Try to get another pick in the top three. Like I've heard, I've heard top five pick. Go do it. Why not? Swing for the fences is all I will say if you're Kobe Altman. Because just doing the norm and taking the best player, that's going to get your ass fired. And you're probably going to get fired anyway. Jalen so sucks as a home run. All right. <laughs> Guys, yeah, if you need fireworks for the rest of the this, summer. This ain't, no, this ain't the Youngstown. What was that team that was in that league where 5'11 and under? The Youngstown. Uh, got to have some height and some talent. Wasn't it I the like Youngstown that. Pride, I think? Yes, the Youngstown Pride. You got it. Good call. God. Yes, that is it. I need um, to get out more. I need to get yes. out more. You um, was- if you need fireworks for the rest of your summer and you're on your computer, you go to AmericanFireworks.com. If you go to American Fireworks in Hudson, you tell them A to Z sent you. On the right day, they might do a little extra on the hookup part. They've been really good to us for a long time, guys. We So training camp starts Wednesday. Uh, Dre's obviously still in, in, just on the backside of the middle of a long baseball season. We promise now that we're back in gear, there will be more than one episode a week. We promise that we're done taking multiple weeks off, all of that. Um, will it be this Friday, the day after the draft? We hope so. We don't know. You know, especially with the extra COVID restrictions and stuff, it's going to take me a few days to kind of feel my way into how things are going to go. But we promise we deeply appreciate every one of you. We say it all the time. But I don't think we say it enough. So we promise there's going to be more A to Z for you for the football season, for all of this. Um, and we're excited to unveil a couple of things that, that we've been working on or might or might not be happening um, as those things kind of come together. Um, on that note, I just want to say, you know, Dre, I haven't watched a ton of the Olympics. I didn't get to see the basketball uh, because I was going to Odell's camp. I've seen a little bit of the soccer. I've seen, you know, gymnastics. It's on at night. I, I just, even when I'm not invested in it, I prefer, as, as you guys all know, sports to be on TV than anything else. So as it goes on, I look forward to especially watching the big swimming races, the big track and field stuff. I've been doing that since I was a kid, and I love it. But it's bizarre to me, um, A, that skateboard skateboarding is an Olympic sport, and B, that the U.S. didn't win. I saw the medals went Japan, Brazil, Japan, or Japan, Brazil, Netherlands, something like that. I was disappointed. So my, my closing thought here is parents of young skateboarders, um, we need to do better. We need to get our kids at seven, eight years old to personal trainers. We need to get them out of other sports and get them concentrating on skateboard. We need to find and build better skateboarding travel teams because we need to build little robot skateboarders. We, got, we cannot accept losing at the Olympics. It's embarrassing, and we need to dig in more and dig in earlier and get them on the right track. Shut up. We'll talk to you guys later on the week. Stop drafting people under six foot three and stop telling people what to do when it comes to vaccinations. Wear your mask inside, I think. Wash your hands, wash your ass. We'll see you soon on ADC. That has not changed. Wash your ass, wash your hands. That is real.